It was fun. Just being in the locker room right there, it's a, it's a great environment to be in. Can't say enough how proud I am of everybody in the locker room. It's the way everybody keeps battling, keeps competing, putting on great performances like tonight. So um, it's a great feeling. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I know that you all think of me as this, you know, big manly tough guy, you know, grinder, you know, real, 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 real manly man, alpha type. And I, you know, I give off that impression. Well, I guess it's, you know, you'd, you'd be right to think that of me. I am quite an alpha, uh, but I also have a soft side. I'm a little bit of a sucker. And I was watching some of the Packers media availability this afternoon because Matt LaFleur spoke with reporters. I think it was just as Bill's show was wrapping up like one thirty somewhere in there. And then in the middle of the week, and I know the schedule is a little bit different this week because it's playoff week and they play on Saturday. So technically today is Thursday for the Packers, but well, whatever middle of the week. Sometimes the coordinators speak Joe Barry, Adam Stenovich, Rich Bisaccia. So Joe Barry spoke to the media today. And I turned it on just to watch a little bit. And he had just this grin on his face. He looked happy. He looked like he was excited to be at work. And I just, I'm happy for the guy. I am. I don't know if he's going to be the defensive coordinator long term. Again, my stance currently with Joe Barry is I think Matt LaFleur could do better. I also think he could do worse. Just look around the league. The Eagles... I mean, they might as well have not had a defensive coordinator the last couple weeks. It fell apart so badly. So, you know, Packers fans, be careful what you wish for a little bit because I, I don't think the Packers defense is so bad this year that like, we can't do any worse. Uh, <laughs> I think that I think they could. They could do worse. So I, I don't know what the future is of Joe Barry. It might make sense for the Packers and Joe Barry to part ways. Might not. We'll see. But I am happy that the guy is not completely miserable coming to work because I went back and I, I watched a, a clip or two from press conferences that he did after the Panthers and after the Buccaneers and he just looks bummed and, and again I'm a I'm an alpha I'm a tough guy I'm a sports talker I'm a manly man but I I do have a soft side and I, I sympathize with him it was really nice to see him happy and smiling at the podium today proud of the work that his defense is doing proud that he's contributing and his unit is contributing at a high level and and really a big part of team success so if you're like me you got a soft side Maybe you want something to make you smile today. Just go watch a little bit of Joe Barry's press conference. I am happy for the guy. I really am. Now, they give up 200 yards rushing this weekend. Probably makes that offseason decision for Matt LaFleur a little easier. But at least for right now, today, an hour this afternoon while I was having my lunch, I was was happy for Joe Barry. It was nice to see him smile. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. It's Wednesday. Might be Thursday for the Packers, but it's Wednesday on the Wisco Sports Show. And during football season Wednesday, it's a very important day because we start to turn the page. We turn the page from reaction mode. Monday, yesterday, we were reacting to the Packers beating the Cowboys. Oh, it wasn't that great. Did you see this one play? And oh, look at look at this play call over here. That's great. Oh, yeah, so great. And around Wednesday, we start to shift gears. All right. Now, we are happy that the Packers beat the Cowboys. I'm always going to remember that game. That was so much fun. But it's Niners week. I say with tears in my eyes because every time I've said that in my entire life, uh, it's not gone well. Packers have not fared well against the Niners in the playoffs. What are they, 0-4 in their last four matchups? So two of those were Kaepernick games, right? And then Jimmy G in 2019 
And then Jimmy G again in 2020, 2021, although I don't, I don't know that it mattered who was playing quarterback in those games because one game was the Raheem Mostert show. And then 2021, it was more about the Packers just simply not doing anything on offense and being a disaster on special teams. But it is the Niners, it's Kyle Shanahan and the Packers uh, trying to, to, to put the brakes on a little bit and turn around this trend of them absolutely getting blasted by the Niners every time I see them in the playoffs. So we're switching into Niners mode. We're switching into preview mode today going to start to talk about Brock Purdy Kyle Shanahan this defense all these weapons and you know what Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry and Jordan Love what are they gonna have to deal with this weekend so we're switching into preview mode Badgers basketball did play last night they lost it's hard to win on their own let me let me just say something okay I love big cat I'm not the world's biggest barstool guy I'm not anti-barstool it's just not for me, I, I don't watch or consume a lot of their content, but I do love Pardon My Take, and I listen here and there, especially during football season, and I really like Big Cat. But Big Cat last night tweeted, well, it's hard to win on the road in the Big Ten. And I there was there was just a, a hint, a hint of facetiousness there. It's like, well, don't turn this into a bit now. Don't turn this into It is hard to win in the Big Ten. It's easy to lose in the Big Ten, which is something we talked about a lot last season. As every other week, it seemed an opposing coach, Ohio State, Iowa with Fran McCaffrey, just giving away points, giving away close games. It's easy to lose in this league, especially on the road. Badgers had to lose in Big Ten play at some point, and I saw a lot of angry tweets last night. It's like, yeah, but Penn State's so bad. Eh. These are college kids. These are student athletes. They got they got exams. They got assignments to worry about. Although, have classes restarted at UW? It's only January 7th. Isn't it closer to the end? So maybe they, I take that back. Maybe they don't have classes right now, but they're kids. So I, I don't know. In my opinion, they were just as likely with the way their season has gone so far to lose on the road to a great team as they were to lose on the road to a bad team like Penn state. So I'm not raising any red flags about the game. I didn't even feel good posting a Greg guard gauge, a GGG last night. I couldn't do it in, in good conscience. So Zach Heilprin is going to be here at four 30. Zach is a dear, dear friend and a great uh, uh, Badgers beat reporter. He's, he's all over both football and, and basketball. You hear him with Jesse every Thursday on Temple and Heilprin. He's going to join us at 430, and I'm going to start our conversation by asking him, is there something that I missed last night? Like, was there some red flag buried in that game, a, a harbinger of things to come, a canary in the coal mine, if you will, Zach? And I have a feeling that Zach, Zach's going to tell me no, and then we'll have a fun conversation about how good this team has been. Last night, notwithstanding. So that's what's on the docket. Zach Heilprin set to join us at 430. But I want to start by talking about Jordan Love. And I actually want to start this show by completely ripping off Bill and how he started his show back at 10 o'clock. He began at 10 o'clock this morning by kicking around possibilities for Jordan Love's contract extension. Right uh, now, contracts and salary cap manipulation, not really my thing. I don't have the brain of a CPA uh, or, a, or a doctor or a lawyer. I don't really have the brain power to do anything at a high level other than this. Um, I don't have the faculties for all that number crunching and contract legalese. I did, to my own credit, I did get pretty close to understanding bird rights about two years ago. I felt like I had a really good grasp on it. But understanding the CBA and bird rights and trade exceptions and kickers in the NBA, it's a lot like learning a really difficult song on an instrument. Once you learn it, you need to keep playing it every once in a while. Otherwise, you'll forget how to play it and you'll have to relearn it all over again. That's where I'm at with Bird Rights. Right? And that was a fun era where I understood NBA contracts, at least for a couple of months. But I, I let myself go in that department. I am not a, a contract 
Wizards. So whether Jordan Love gets four years or five years, whether he gets $45 million or $50 million or $53 million, small potatoes to me, okay? This entire season has been a yes or no conversation with Jordan Love. Are you comfortable paying him the contract? Are you comfortable paying him as if he's the guy or not? That's kind of how it works in the NFL, right? You're getting a big money quarterback deal because that's what the market dictates or you're not. Not really a lot of middle ground. Mid-tier, mid-level quarterback contracts, not really a thing in the NFL, at least not very often. I see our friend Eric Eager tweeting a lot about that. So this season has not been about, well, I'd go up to 48 million, but not 50. That's not how it works. And that's not the question. That's not the way we should discuss this, in my opinion. Are you all in or are you not in at all with Jordan Love? Because I think that's what we've been trying to ask and answer all season. And the question has been asked all season long. The answer has changed throughout the course of the season. So like in October, you know, I've had conversations with buddies or I do a podcast with a friend. You know, would you give Jordan Love the deal? Is he the guy? Would you give him the contract at the end of the year? And in October at that time, the answer was no. Right now, the answer wasn't due, right? The test wasn't due for another 10 plus games. So that answer in October, I had told you, no, I'm not comfortable giving him that contract. But it was October, right? We got a lot. We got a lot of time left, a lot of game left, a lot of sample size left. And I remember having this conversation about Jordan Love and Christian Watson and a lot of these players. It's like, look, Christian Watson, you know, before he got hurt with the second hamstring, I kept saying, Like, we've seen him play, like, 10 career games. There's, you know, 10 or 12 games left in the season. We're going to double our sample size. These guys have so much football in front of them to play. So just hang out. Let's just watch. See what happens. I think all will be revealed to us. These questions will answer themselves. And in October, the answer would have been no. But we sit back and we watch. And then they have a a four-game stretch. They beat Detroit on Thanksgiving. They beat Kansas City. But then they lose to the Giants and they lose to Tampa Bay. And it was during that stretch, those four games, where I thought, okay, you can win with this guy. He can run the offense. And we saw the high end against Detroit and Kansas City. But then we saw some of the inaccuracies against New York. And we saw against Tampa that he's not quite ready to be the guy that carries the team the reason that you win. Because he was good against Tampa, but he was not good enough to make up for a bad defense. He was not good enough to overcome a weak unit. He wasn't good enough to, to win in a shootout. And you occasionally, if you pay a quarterback a bunch of money, you want them to be just about as consistent as you could be. And we saw against New York that Jordan Love still has a little, little, what's the word I'm looking for? Inaccuracies can pop up, can be a little erratic, little frantic. And that was the book on him coming in. But Matthew Stafford can be a little erratic, right? That's not, completely unusual for even some of the other high-level quarterbacks in football. But it was during that stretch, Detroit, Kansas City, New York, Tampa Bay. I'm like, we can win with this guy. He can run the offense, win some games. You can build with this guy. I feel okay about a contract if the season were to end today. And then they have this three-game stretch against the Vikings, the Bears, and the Cowboys. And for the last three weeks, all we've seen, high-end throws, unflappable in high-pressure moments, Uh, arm talent, operating when necessary outside of the script of the offense, right? Creating something where nothing previously existed. And they weren't really stopped 
once. Like the Bear the Bears could not get them off the field in week seven, week eighteen, I guess. Game seventeen, week eighteen. And the Cowboys I mean, I know the Cowboys scored some points in the second half. I think the Packers could have scored 55 or 60 against Dallas if they really wanted. But they they didn't because that's not how football games work, unless you're in college, right? So I went from in October, uh, I wouldn't give them the contract right now, but we'll see. And then I upgraded to, well, you can win with this guy. He can run the offense, win some games. And then the last three weeks, I upgraded again to, oh, oh, I'm excited at the idea of paying this man the contract and having him in town for the next couple of years. Can't wait to see how he grows. Player that he turns into. Week by week, we see more high-end throws. right? And over the last two months, I went from, we can win with this guy. We can ride the roller coaster a little bit. And win a lot of games. I went from we can win with this guy to we can win because of this guy. And there's a huge difference between those two lines of thinking, especially when you're about to pay a guy a bunch of money and lock him up long term. Now, Matt LaFleur was asked today at the very end of his press conference, and it was at the very end, and annoying that it was at the very end because I was trying to was trying to find this question and answer, and I had to watch the whole damn thing, which is fine, I guess, because now I... I Heard everything that Malfoy had to say, but this is the very end of the press conference. I'm going to play you the long version of this answer first, and then I'm going to zero in on a specific part of this answer. So I'm going to play you the full one first. It's about a minute. This is Matt LaFleur simply talking about the almost perfect performance that Jordan Love had against the Cowboys. I, th- I thought he played in a really, really good football game. Um, it's never going to be perfect. There's going to be little details here and there where, you know, um, whether it's hanging in the pocket, some decisions. But I'll tell you what, the guy made some massive plays in that game that kind of go off script, so to speak. And to me, that's where you see so much value in him. Uh, Obviously, I talked a long time about that cover zero check he had. I thought the, the critical play in the game was the keeper that we ran to the left side, it kind of got messed up on the front side and he hit Tucker on a third and one. There were so many great plays, the fourth down throw to, to Romeo uh, in that game. So again, I'm, I'm probably, uh, we're a little bit harder on, on everybody. So it's never going to be perfect, even if it is a perfect passer rating. But um, he played, he definitely played winning football. And that's all, that's what you're looking for from your quarterback. There's one 10 second excerpt and maybe it jumped out to you. I want to play you 10 seconds from within that answer that hints exactly at what we're talking about right now. I'll tell you what, the guy made some massive plays in that game that kind of go off script, so to speak. And to me, that's where you see so much value in him. I mean, he, he, he basically directly addressed what we're discussing. He's like, he's making plays off of script. Right, Even in the couple of instances in this game where the offense didn't exactly work, he made something work, and that's he says value. That's where you find value. And when we're talking about contracts and value and what a player's worth, that's exactly one more time. So to speak, and to me, that's where you see so much value in him. That's where you see so much value in him. I would have been fine paying Jordan Love uh, franchise quarterback money a month ago. Now I feel great about it because the last three weeks have shown me Even when things aren't going so great, and even when his first read isn't open, he can create. He can use his arm to to find a guy that wasn't designed to be open. That Jaden Reed bomb against the Bears, that wasn't a part of the play. But they made it happen. And you watch 
Matt LaFleur post game on Sunday, talk about Jordan Love at the podium. He almost seemed surprised. He's like, I didn't know this son of a bitch had it in him. Like, I think Matt LaFleur, just based on what I see and hear from him at the podium, I think Matt LaFleur has gone through the same progression that I've gone through with Jordan Love the last couple weeks, where against Detroit, Kansas City, New York, Tampa, we're like, yeah, we can win with this guy. You can run the offense. His teammates love him. He can make some big-time throws. There's some inaccuracies and there's some roller coaster up and down stuff with him. But by and large, we're, we're pretty darn happy and we're comfortable with him. And then I think the last three weeks, Matt LaFleur's realized, oh, oh, this guy can, like, not only can he run my offense, but he can lead this offense. He can create. He can, oh, there's next level stuff. Okay, well, then that that's really valuable. That's what, you'll pay big money for that. You'll happily pay big money for that. So as we consider what Jordan Love's next contract might look like, and it's going to be a big number, and we're probably going to have some sticker shock. I will have a lot less sticker shock. I'll feel a lot better about whatever this contract is now seeing the last three weeks because he showed us another level the last three weeks that just, again, listening to Matt LaFleur, I don't even think Matt LaFleur thought that was there until we saw it the last couple weeks, especially against the Bears in Week 18 and Dallas in the playoffs. All right, we'll start to look forward to the San Francisco 49ers. Zach Heilprin going to be here soon, 435. He'll join us to talk Badgers basketball, and I might have to pick Zach's brain about the Packers as well. But no matter what we talk about, so much of the Wisco Sports Show coming up. Stick around. We're back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Zach. Heilprin, about 10 minutes away, covers the Badgers. MadCitySportsZone.com. You hear him every Thursday night on this network with Jesse Temple. Temple and Heilprin. Always live out at Monks and Sun Prairie. So I want to pick Zach's brain about Badgers basketball a little bit. And I don't want today's conversation with Zach to be, what went wrong last night? Uh, What's wrong with this team? Why did they lose to Penn State? Penn State's bad. I, I think last night was a little bit of a scheduled loss. And maybe Zach will tell me different. I, I I don't know. But I'm thinking that our conversation, not to spoil, but I, I'm thinking that our conversation with Zach will be a, a minute or two or three to talk about how, yeah, they were probably due. You know, a lot of things went against them and they were still right there until the end. And this team's still really good. And then we'll talk about a lot of the reasons why this team is really good and why they're having a really good season. Unless Zach, with his critical eye, and he has a more critical eye than I, as someone who directly, closely covers this team. Um, maybe he saw something last night that I didn't. But I, I, for the most part, think this team is fine. And they were going to lose in Big Ten play at some point. And it doesn't even really bother me that it's a crummy Penn State team. Like, I don't know. Anybody can beat anybody. It's hard to win in the Big Ten. It's easy to lose. It's especially easy to lose on the road. Um, the Badgers were down, what, like 17-2 to two or something? Uh, I mean, they couldn't have started in a worse spot last night. But we're also talking about Jordan Love. What comes next against the San Francisco Niners this weekend? The, the 49ers. I don't know why I just said the Niners. Against the Niners this weekend. 608-321-1670. We could sneak a couple calls in here before we get to Zach. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. Clem Head Mike. Clem Head Mike. How are you? Batting late. You're a heck of a leadoff hitter, Mike. Welcome. Yeah, I am. Like I said before, I'm the oldest and slowest, but somehow I can hopefully get it done. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like how you pre- prefaced your... Uh, your opening remarks by saying you're an alpha male, and, oh, I am. and you are. 
You're Thank an you. alpha, absolutely. Thank you. I, I used to think I was an alpha tool. You know, I used to lift lots of weights, and I uh, I used to guard nuclear missiles, and I used to I got the Navy Expert Rifleman Medal on my first first attempt, and I I used to um, you know I, I did karate and I did boxing, and I thought, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty alpha, and then uh, I. Realize I I cry at weddings and funerals and I oh. cried at the end of movies and so I'm not really at all that alpha but uh, I thought I was kind of alpha but anyway we all have a soft <laughs> side it's good to know I'm not the only one just a couple alphas here on the Wisco Sports Show me and uh, yeah. Clem had Mike ch- chopping it up I've never lifted weights so I, I well oh. here here and there I don't know yeah not really yeah well take it from me when I'm 66 and I can't lift my left arm up above my head anymore and yeah it's uh. Lifting heavy weights isn't good for you in the long run. <laughs> Makes you feel good when you're young, but uh, I suppose. yeah. Anyway, I'm feeling kind of. Uh, I, I am feeling more nervous about this game Saturday, and of course, than I did about the Cowboys game. But you know, we've the Packers have a lot to be proud of this year. I think they've. Uh, they we thought they were done. We we were all screaming for Goody's head, Lafleur's head. Um, everybody, we were looking for early in the year. We were looking for a different quarterback. Everybody was saying, "Oh, let's see, this guy's available." Uh, you know, Bailey Zaffy's available. Yeah, Kirk uh, Cousins maybe is a free agent in the off season. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking for uh, the guy that oh, I forgot his name. The guy from another guy from North Dakota State that played for the oh, Eagles. Tr- Trey Lance or Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. We were, <laughs> people are screaming for Carson Wentz. I don't remember that. You know, they, the Packers have really, really turned it around. We should be really proud of them. They should be proud of themselves. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm really ready to give. Um, Jordan Love a huge contract yet because seven or eight games doesn't make a career. I, I'm they still have him for another year. Uh, he, he can prove himself next year, and then we start talking big money because uh, God, I hate to give a guy a huge contract after half a year. Um, they probably will. You know, they they want to keep him happy, but he seems like he's pretty happy already, and I don't think he's the kind of guy that would pout and not play next year if we didn't pay them. No. I'm, so I'm really hoping they uh, they don't, you know, don't act prematurely. And uh, I don't want another Daniel Jones situation. Well, okay, here's the thing about Daniel Jones. Um, Daniel Jones threw like 15 touchdowns the year. They, they paid him because they had to. Not because, like, the, the Giants fans had no like optimistic reason to believe that Daniel Jones was trending towards being a superstar Packers fans, Mike, and I know it's only one season, but he's only been able to play one season and it's been with all these kids. We have, we have a hundred reasons. We have a hundred X, the reasons the giants fans had to, to be excited and okay with paying the quarter. You know what I mean? Like I, Daniel Jones, it's, it's comparable, but it's not because Daniel Jones didn't produce the year they had to pay him. They won, right? The Packers are winning, but Jordan Love is also producing and his numbers are outstanding. Yeah, and it's been complimentary with uh, Aaron Jones, too, because now you got a real threat at, at at running back and you have the play action pass is effective now. And that's helped a lot, too, because defenses can't key on the pass. They have to respect the run. So that's helped, too. But I, under, I, I do agree. Jordan Love has done a brilliant job, but I I, uh, I I get nervous. You know, I think of the salary cap hell we went through with Rodgers, and I mm-hmm. just, oh, God, I don't want to go through that again. I don't. And, Mike, i got to get one more caller in, so I'm going to move yep. along from one alpha to another. You have an awesome night. Okay, yeah. thank you for thank the call. You, you too. Clemhead Mike listening up in Chippewa Falls. Um, I don't know. I don't know that they were ever in salary cap hell that was that bad. Like, 2014, 
2021. Like they had a lot of really good competitive years where they were able to go out and get Zedaria Smith. So I, I don't, I don't know. Paying a good quarterback, good money is not a death knell. It's certainly a challenge, but you know, what's more of a challenge, not knowing who your quarterback is, right? Going into a year where you're not really sure, not having any certainty at the position. And that to me is much more costly than a couple percentage points of your salary cap being eaten up by a quarterback. And I understand the hesitance because of what happened with Daniel Jones, but Daniel Jones, the year they paid him, he had like 15 touchdowns. He wasn't producing. Jordan Love is producing. His numbers are tremendous. Got off to a slow start, but I I think there was good reason for this specific team to get off to a slow start. Anyways, I don't want to talk about Daniel Jones. One more call, then we'll take a break. Get to Zach Heilprin. 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, it's Ed. Ed in Madison or Ed in, but this sounds Ed in McCormick. Ed in Madison. Oh, Ed. Been a while. Has been a I thought maybe you've been, um, you've been calling other shows. It's something you've been no, doing. No, actually, I've been kind of laying low in the weeds. Good for you, picking your spots. What do you think? Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you, I'm 58, and I'm alpha, and I still lift weights. You ask Casper. It's okay to lift heavy if you lift correctly. Yeah. So it, you still can do it. If you can, even you could turn into a stud like Gasper. Even so, me? What, um, is, what does that mean? What I, what that means you could come and lift with us and you could turn into a stud like Gasper. Because he's a stud now. He's got a, he's 6'8". That man, David Gasper, who covers the Brewers and we have him on the show all the time. Gasper is massive. He's benching. Uh, he's benching um, almost 225 Jesus without, with ease. All right, so as, as much as this conversation, Ed, this is riveting. Don't get me wrong, but I got to get to Zach. What what Packer? What what do you have to say about the Packers today? I got to keep the train on the tracks here. All right, sorry, I got off the <laughs> no, track. No, it's it's my fault too. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I I think Jordan Love deserves the money, and I think he deserves to be given the reign permanently. Okay. I think he's proven himself. He's been in the system. He knows the team. He has command of the team. The team loves him, and he's the difference maker this year. And he's a difference maker this Saturday. And I'm not nervous about the nine-point spread. Bring it on. Mm. I'd rather go in there as an underdog with an extra chip on my shoulders. And playing in warmer weather would always be nice. So I have a good feeling. I had a good feeling last week. I'm not promising any predictions, but I have a good feeling. I'll leave it at that. Hell, yeah. Sorry to – like, I love chopping it up. Don't get me wrong. I just – I got to get to Zach. And no, I appreciate got, it. Hey, Zach, Zach's priority, man. I'm going to tell go them Badgers. That that. I agree. They'll, go, go pull, they'll be better. Go Badgers. Badgers are fine. Have Badgers a good night, fine. buddy. I appreciate you. You do. Yeah, Ed you. in Madison. He does occasionally call other shows because I pay attention. I make the rounds. I, I check in on my competition. Although I'd like to think that no show competes with this one. Huh? Don't ever, don't everyone say that at once. I know you're all saying that while you're, you're listening. No show competes with this one. All right, Zach. Because no other show has Zach Heilprin. That's mostly why. We'll talk Badgers basketball. And I actually want to talk a little bit about the Packers with Zach, too. We'll be back in five minutes with Zach. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. You to talk more about Packers 49ers. Preview, preview, preview. It's Wednesday, so we're switching gears. We're starting to look ahead. Cowboys game was fun, but we got to move on. We can't rest on our, our laurels, our wild card laurels. We have to move forward. We'll talk more Packers Niners in a bit. 
Yeah, we might talk a little Packers Niners with Zach. Zach Heilprin is here. He's on Twitter at Zach Heilprin. Weed his work. MadCitySportsZone.com. An excellent recap if you missed the Penn State game last night because it was 8 o'clock, which was stupid. First and foremost, my first opinion on this game. We haven't really talked about it yet. And you can also hear him every Thursday night with Jesse Templin Heilprin. Zach, good evening. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Grant. Is this, uh, is this live? This is this is live. Stop. Are you about well, to give me grief because my Friday show wasn't live? Is that what this is? No, I won't have I just it. want to make sure. I want to not like have to make you edit this interview in case you have to use it on Friday again. In case it snows a little bit. Hey, I, I want credit for this. I came into the building. I didn't say I didn't say bupkis. Ebo looked at me and said, hey, dude, I think you should maybe leave early today. My boss, my our leader told me. I, I did not come in here looking for a day off. You know that's not how I operate. Never miss a Friday show unless it's snowing. Well, technically there wasn't a Friday show, so it couldn't be missed. You're <laughs> if you if you just eliminate the show, whatever. We don't we don't need to talk about this. I watched the Penn State game last night. The way I viewed it, a little bit of a scheduled loss. Like this was bound to happen at some point. So I'm not really worried about it. You have a much more watchful, critical eye than I. Was there some red flag in last night's game that I missed? Is there, some, Or was this just kind of bound to happen at some point? Well, I mean, it certainly was bound to happen at some point. They weren't going to go 20-0, right? But Penn State, the lowest-ranked team in the net going into that game. But they have some things that kind of mess with Wisconsin a little bit. Their, their guards have the ability to penetrate, and uh, Wisconsin couldn't stay in front of them, and it led to a lot of fouling. And it led to a lot of points for, for Penn State, which is something that is, the defense has not been like that much of the year outside of like past the Providence game. I and mean, you just could throw Arizona in there too, but their defense, for the most part, they've been able to overcome uh, some issues there. And they weren't able to overcome them. I, I will say this I don't think they're going to lose too many games when they're north of 1.2 points per possession, which they were last night. Yeah. But Penn State was even better than them. And that's why they got 87 put on them. So defensively, not nearly good enough. And that was obviously the message from Greg Gard afterwards. And certainly the turnovers. Turnovers also played a huge role. They had 13 that got turned into 16 points. They've turned the ball over on nearly 20% of their possessions the last two games. Yeah, That's not going to work, right? So in terms of things um, that are fixable, though, like if you can't shoot, I don't know how you're going to fix that. If your offense is broken like Wisconsin's was last year, it's going to be tough to fix that in the season. Correct. The things that they've messed up, the things that they've struggled with, especially last night, I think are fixable and why I'm not going to try and overreact to one loss. You know, Zach, we, we have such a, I shouldn't say we, the Badgers have such a potent offense and they're so athletic and explosive that they can actually get away with fouling and letting their defense go a little bit. And they can actually fall behind by a dozen points early on in the game. Like we're, this is a luxury. We're not used to this. This team can, can maybe have some bad habits and make some mistakes that previous teams haven't been able to make. So I guess that's the, the, the balance that Greg Gard has to find this year. It's like, guys, I know we're really good on offense. We're not really used to that, but uh, it can't mean that we can build bad habits defensively. And we, we got to stay good at all the other things too. Yeah, you have, absolutely, absolutely. And that was his message after the game last night. It was he's had some concerns defensively, and they've been able to overcome them and win in games when they've still been allowing over one point per possession, which is kind of the gold standard, right? Like you keep your opponent under one point per possession, you score more than one point per possession, mm-hmm. you, you feel good about your chances to win the game. And uh, they've had a lot of games this year where they've allowed more than that one point per possession, but they've gone and scored it <laughs> more than more than that quite a bit this year too. I mean, it's the, I, I didn't look this morning, but 
going into last night, it was the fourth most efficient offense Wisconsin's had in the Ken Palm era, which is dating back, you know, 20 plus years now. So it's a really, really good offense. Their defense was steadily moving up the rankings I, I, uh, prior to last night. They've become more efficient. They've become better, but um, they still have obviously issues to deal with. But uh, as I said before, they are fixable issues. It's not stuff that can't be uh, done. Because I think defense, probably more so than anything, is is effort and you know locking in mentally and being on the same page. And all those things are work, are uh, are fixable. So. Has Max Klesmick got better this year? Have you seen improvements and growth in his game, or is it he's another year in the system and he's more comfortable, the team around him is just better this year, so then his role is simplified? Well, what's been the difference? Because I feel like we're hearing Max Klesmick's name a lot more often offensively and making big plays, not just you know defensive work uh, and, and dirty work. Like He's featured in a lot of these games, and I don't remember that being the case as often last year. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because before – the Ohio State game, and before the second half of the Ohio State game, uh, people in my mentions saying, why is Max Klesman playing? John Blackwell can do everything he does, plus he can actually play offense. And then, obviously, Klesman finally finds his stroke from the outside, hits three threes in that game, hits five more against Northwestern, and then he hit two last night. But the foul trouble, obviously, is a huge problem. I, this, I think he's just kind of progressing back to where is progressing to the mean. Is that a term? Cause I, we, we, we heard that we hear a regression, yeah. but you know, getting back to where he kind of was shooting last year, which he was a pretty good shooter last year. He was not a very good shooter this year outside of the Marquette game. So I don't know if he, I, they have so many different weapons or so many different guys that can step up on any individual night and they needed him to do it against Ohio State. They needed him to do it against Northwestern, and he did. It was perfect, perfect coming-out party for him yeah. in terms of finally hitting some outside shots. They missed him last night. They missed him last night because he couldn't um, stay out of foul trouble. And when he wasn't on the floor, obviously, it was even a bigger challenge of, of keeping Penn State out of, the, out of the paint. But in terms of like his, his role, I don't think his role has changed a ton more. I think he is more comfortable, but I thought that kind of was to- uh, trending – towards that way at the end of last year. Uh, Zach Heilpern is here, MadCitySportsZone.com, the zone you hear on the updates, and my counterpart on the Badgers beat. Speaking of that, by the way, do you got Friday night's <laughs> game against Indiana, or do you need me to take that one? I mean, uh, you are so busy on Fridays with your show and, you know, fins up and, and all that good stuff that I, I, I don't think it'd be right to ask you to take on that challenge Indiana on a Friday night. You just do so much work during the week. I, I'd feel bad about asking you to do it, so I'll, I'll take care of it. It's... um. It's a good thing because I'm going to Stephen's point on Friday night. We're going skiing this weekend. I, Zach, I, 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 have a, I have a real good Saturday. Okay, so me and a, okay. a, some of my best friends, a couple couples, uh, we have a, a, a friend of a friend lives up there right by the ski hill. Big wooden, huge wooden log cabin we're all going to stay in. They have a sauna there. So we're going to at night, we're going to drink drinks, play cards, ski during the day. And then we all get to watch the Packers together on Saturday night. Uh, but now that I think about it out loud, I, I'm not able to do the Indiana game Friday. So thank yeah, you. that's, that's, thank that's a pretty nice Saturday. You got planned there. It's not too bad. Do you think, why do I feel so bad? It's the Niners and it's a Saturday night that just spells yeah. disaster. And it has for my what entire life. Wrong? Yeah, seriously. What could go wrong? So is that, is that dumb analysis? You're a much more serious sports mind than I I'm do not, I need to do I need I'm to not. cut through that and understand that this, no. it's different now? A different quarterback, different team. Yeah, I mean they don't have they don't necessarily have the scars that uh, 
the other teams do. It's not like none of these guys weren't around two years ago. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they, quite a few were, quite a few were. Now the guys that are playing on offense, the position, uh, you know, outside of Aaron Jones, they weren't. But Jordan Love was on the team. It's not like he didn't experience that. So uh, I think the fans carry certainly the scars more so going all the way back to the 2012. And the owners, and what, yeah. Yeah, well, right, yes. Uh, what Colin Kaepernick did to them, and then you know the the high of beating Chicago that the week and coming back the next week and losing on a field goal and getting blown out in the championship game in 2019, and then you know 2021 having a great defense performance and not being able to do anything offensively. It's uh, it, it feels like that, but I also feel like it was the other way in the late 90s or in the mid 90s to late 90s, early 2000s when Green Bay kind of owned this rivalry outside of the T.O. game um, in, yeah. the, in the playoffs. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, it's tough. It's tough. I, I think it's, it, the fans are certainly carrying those more so than the players. Well, I carry these emotions with me, Zach. These are scars and these yeah. are experiences that I... I understand it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wish this game was on Sunday afternoon, honestly. It would make me feel better. And I know that that's <laughs> stupid analysis, but I also think it's, it's correct because fi- well, 49ers, when, Saturday night, not good. Yeah, I mean, think about it. When were all those other games? They were all Saturday night, weren't they? I think so. Well, the the most I mean, the recent one was. was. What did you say? The the most recent one was that w- the the the, Cap- the punt block. The Kaepernick game was. Um, yeah, the, the the championship game wasn't because was, that was they played those on Sundays, but um, it was at. I mean, it was it was late game. So, yeah, they're they're yeah. Saturday night has not been not been great to them. Well, I'm just glad you'll be able to relax on Saturday. You're working hard, and, and you're really doing Yeoman's work. You, you've carried a lot of the load on the Badgers beat between the two of us this year, and I thank you for that. I appreciate that. Thank you for coming on, Zach. I, I was hoping that you weren't going to raise a bunch of red flags after last night. Did you notice, by the way, I did not post a Greg Gard gauge last night? I didn't think it was fair. I heard that that's pretty popular in the Bucks beat. Did you ever – did you steal that from them? No. Uh, did you – First of all, the Bucks Twitter. I heard Bucks Twitter. I heard Bucks Twitter's using that, and I, I, my understanding was that you took that from them. Was that inaccurate? It is inaccurate. No one does alliteration like me. There's no, <laughs> no one could out alliterate me for any sort of bit uh, or graphic. I we're getting to the point now where people think I'm serious with the Greg Gargage, and I and I'm not. It's just you know this. You 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 know you follow this team as closely as anyone, and these fans as close as anyone. You, if they win, Greg Gard is the greatest coach ever, and if they lose then he should be fired, and here's all the reasons why, and we relitigate every recruit that's ever gotten out of the state of Wisconsin, and, and that's the bit. The bit is is personified by the Greg Gard gauge, but that bit is going over some people's head. I don't actually want him fired, so I gotta, I gotta be careful with when I actually do this thing, you know? Welcome to fandom. <sighs> right? I mean, it's not just him, though, right? It's it's pretty much every coach that coaches a team, um, whether it's whether it's Greg Gard, whether it's Luke Sickle, whether it's Phil Longo, whether it's Mike Trestle, whether it's Joe Barry, you know, my, Matt, Michael, uh, Mike, Matt LaFleur, go on down the list, right? Yeah. So it is what it is. But, yes, the great guard gauge, the original gauge of uh, of a coach, whether he should stay or should, should go. And I, I kind of feel like I, some people were missing it last night. I Some people probably did. When, when you're in Badger beat scrums, are they talking about, is there any juice in the building with that? That's got to be ruffling some feathers, there's right? About, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of Grant Bills talks in those scrums for sure there's a lot no. of talk okay a lot of talk okay good you know greg guard when next time you talk to him he's always welcome on the show we'd love to hear from him <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to, to mention that to everybody down there and uh hopefully we can get him on because i'm sure he'd be a big fan of that craig guard gauge well we don't have to talk about the gauge we can just talk ball you know that's <laughs> we don't we don't need to 
right. Well, it's all crossed my fingers. <laughs> Who knows? Thank you again for uh, for the time right now, Zach. Thank you for taking care of Friday night. I promise I'll get you back at some point this season. Thank you always. Uh, no problem, Grant. Zach. Talk to you later. Heilprin. Talk to you later. A good, good friend. One of my best friends. Uh, he's on Twitter at, at Zach Heilprin. Okay, good. That, that's what I expected. It's not that, look, Badgers lost last night, and I know they lost to a really bad team. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, I'm not saying that that's fine. You always want to win every game. But um, Zach kind of confirmed what, what I thought. There weren't any deep underlying red flags last night. They just had a couple things kind of come together, a perfect storm of of different elements. And they were still right there. They were a couple possessions away at the end. You know, a couple different foul calls on Max Klesman. A couple shots go this way. They easily win that game last night. So I'm, I'm not worried. Let's continue to talk Packers Niners next. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, we thank Zach Heilprin for his time. Oh, so generous. Come on. Talk about the Badgers or the Packers or whatever. Uh, he'll just come on and let me annoy him for a couple minutes, mostly. Uh, I think that's part of his contract. It's written in, you also have to put up with Grant being annoying. You're under contract. It's it's part of your paycheck. 608-321-1670. would like to join the show. Packers 49ers, but if you have some Badgers basketball thoughts, more than happy to talk about that team and their effort and their season as a whole. If you want to get into that, 608-321-1670. Wisco Sports Show, who's this? Hello. Hello. Yep. 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 I oh, hear you. hi. Uh, so first time caller here. And yeah. I was, this is a little more on topic with what you and Grant were talking about earlier, or you and Phil, I mean, earlier this afternoon between Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. And it had me thinking one thing I noticed that I haven't been holding my breath about this year is when Jordan Love comes up to the line of scrimmage, you don't have him. You're not watching the play clock run down and then calling a timeout at last second or snapping the ball at last second with the defense getting a early rush. Interesting. So Adam Stenovich talked about this today. Maybe I'll be able to find that audio, play you a clip about, you know, changing plays at the line to scrimmage and, and really kind of Aaron Rodgers ran a very nebulous offense, right? The call would come in, but you might tweak it this way or change it to the end. And there's, that's fine. Like there's utility in that. I think Packers coaches feel like they have a little bit of a better grasp on what's going on now, just based on what I'm reading today. I mean, that's not my opinion. That's just the words and the comments that I'm seeing from the the Packers availability today. I also like Jordan Love has a tendency to run it down too. Like that might be something that he, he picked up watching Aaron Rodgers just a little bit, not as often, but he yeah. does do it here and there. Just, just didn't feel like we waste time out as much at the line of scrimmage or just, you know, letting the defense get that, early rushes snapping at the ball at one second. But. That's true. And against the Niners, that's going to be important because they have guys who can actually get after you. Like I, I think yeah. more highly of the Niners pass rush than the Cowboys. And I think the Cowboys pass rush is awesome. I picked that team to go to the Super Bowl. Stupid, but so, I did. Yeah. So maybe I, uh, I don't know if that's just hit Jordan Lowe staying on more on script with Matt LeFleur's system and play calling and not adjusting the plays too much and going off script. And so, I just you. wanted to bring that up. I'm glad that you did. What would you say your name was? 
Uh, Nathan. Nathan. Well, nice to meet you, Nathan. Let's do this again sometime. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the call. All right. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good one. That was a a big part of. Packers media availability today. I saw Matt LaFleur was asked about it. Adam Stenovich was asked about it. I can read you this quote. I'd like to find the audio, but this will work for now because we're on the topic. Uh, Ryan Wood tweeted this out. Talked about the differences in Jordan Love running the offense versus Aaron Rodgers. Quote, there's definitely a value to that because half the time when you get done with the drive, sometimes in past years, you'd just be trying to figure out what play was called. So now we know what was supposed to happen. But with Aaron, he would see stuff and make checks and all that. And you didn't know exactly what was happening all the time. But with this, yeah, we're kind of on the same page and going. Not to say that wasn't good because we had great results with it. But this is nice because you can at least kind of build an offense around it, build off of plays. As the game progressed, hey, we did this. Now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do this. I think our communication on the sideline has been better from that aspect. Being able to, as the game progresses, have plays off plays. And things like that. Yeah, that's a huge advantage this year. That makes a lot of sense. And I think every I think every different part of that answer, this is very detailed. I don't know that there's a lot of fluff in that answer. Right? He talks about being able to scheme one play into the next. And that's something that, you know, we've heard with Kyle Shanahan. Sometimes he'll call a play in the first quarter just to call something else off of it later. Well, you can't do that if you're not really 100% sure what actual play was called in the in the first quarter. You know what I mean? So sequencing of plays becomes easier, and Adam Stenovich talks about that. And also, when you're a young offense, especially with guys who are trying to learn how to play in the NFL for the first time, when you're a bunch of guys who are trying to just get their feet under him, operating the way that Aaron Rodgers liked to operate with all of experience is great when everyone knows what's going on. But when you're trying to be able to, all right, let's go down watch the film of this game and try to improve on what we did. Well, how can we do that if we don't even, what play was this again? What were we going for? So this was this, but it was changed around. I I feel like these young guys just had a a sturdier foundation to grow from. And the consistency of, of the offense and the plays that are run down to down is a big part of that. And I don't say all that to badmouth Aaron Rodgers. I'm just, I'm relaying what Adam Stenovich said today. His words, not mine. Let's take a two-minute break. Wisco Sports Show, Hour 2, coming up next. It was fun. Just being in the locker room right there, it's a, it's a great environment to be in. Can't say enough how proud I am of everybody in the locker room. It's the way everybody keeps battling, keeps competing, putting on great performances like tonight. So um, it's a great feeling. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I tried to find that Adam Stedovich quote. The Packers broadcast all their media availabilities on YouTube, which is nice because I can go back and and find certain answers of, of quotes and things that I read on Twitter. Couldn't find it in time. 15-minute press conference. I only had a two-minute break. I tried and I looked. Couldn't find it. Look, I I don't mean to constantly compare this year's Packers to last year's Packers because when you do that, and even if you don't say it, you're talking about, well, they're better off without Aaron Rodgers. Getting rid of Aaron Rodgers was a good thing. Um, and I I don't necessarily... <coughs> excuse me. Let me get just so choked up thinking about this. I, I don't necessarily think that Rodgers was 
the worst thing in the world for this team. I think Rodgers was 39, and he had played football the same way for a long time, and he had his ways that he wanted to play, and that's fine. I don't blame him for that. And by the way, that's true of any aging quarterback. Like, Tom Brady bumped heads with Bruce Arians because he had a certain way that he wanted to do things, and Russell Wilson in Seattle it got a little prickly because there was a certain way that he wanted to do things. And Pete Carroll and, and uh, the offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, I almost forgot the name. Like, they just didn't get along. So old quarterbacks always want to do things the way they want to do things. I don't blame old quarterbacks for that, especially when they've won multiple MVPs. Brady, Rodgers. Now, Russell Wilson has obviously never won an MVP, and despite what folks tell you, probably shouldn't be a Hall of Famer, but we can do that debate another time. Rodgers was 38, 39. He no longer fit the Packers roster, and he didn't fit their moment in time. So it made sense for him to go somewhere else. And unfortunately, blew out his Achilles, and he's really being penalized more for it this year than he should be. Like, I I shouldn't have to turn on Colin Cowherd today and have Colin Cowherd talk about, it was such a bad decision to go to the Jets, and the season was a disaster. Well, (laughs) yes and no. The season has been a disaster, but don't put that on Aaron. He blew out his Achilles. That's a freak injury. Now, I also said before the year that I don't really think the Jets are all they're being cracked up to be they got like one good wide receiver and a running back on offense and that's about it and that turned out to be true Their offensive line was terrible and they could do nothing without Rodgers it's not like they could even hold their own they could do nothing without Rodgers so I think Rodgers has been picked on a little bit and he also invites it by being kind of a knob uh but I think he's been picked on a little bit unfairly this year because he got hurt so now we're gonna we we talk about Aaron Rodgers right now like he's played the whole year and been awful, and that absolutely hasn't been the case. I, I do think Jordan Love's age, personality, disposition, uh, uh, football character at this point, and by football character, I, I don't mean his personality. I mean the way that he plays football makes more sense for this team than the way that Rodgers played football. And it's not really a personal thing between the two. They're in two different phases of their career. And and right now, Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur in this offense, because the plays aren't getting changed as often and because there isn't as much freelancing and there's a little bit more structure, you actually get your sea legs under you, right? Because when you're doing something for the first time, you got to do it and fail and then go back and look at what you did wrong and then try again and fail and then go back and look at what you did and try again. And eventually you'll get there, Right. But that's a lot easier to do when there's structure and when the offense is is being called and ran for the most part as it's been called. So they can go back in the film room and say, okay, this is what we called. This is what happened. But Adam Stenovich, and he spoke directly to this today with the media, he's like, there were times where we'd go back in between drives or in film sessions in the middle of the week and we'd try to figure out what went wrong. We couldn't even figure out what play was being ran. And how are you supposed to get your sea legs as a 22-year-old wide receiver? How are you supposed to get your sea legs under you and figure out how to fit in an offense and play the position when you can't even go back in the film and know definitively what was happening, what you were supposed to do, what went wrong, what went right? You just feel like you're you're walking in quicksand. It'd be really tough. 608-321-1670. Take a couple calls here. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Grant. Hey, Tony from Texas. How hey, you doing? I'm doing good, Tony. How are you this evening? Hey, you know, I heard that thing on Coward with Rod. I'm good. I heard that thing on Coward on a, with uh, Rogers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know if Aaron picked the Jets. I, I just think that was his only option. That's another thing. I, I don't know that there were a ton of choices for him. I, I think it was the Jets or maybe retire. I mean, I, I got to go back and try to put myself in that same headspace. But it was basically the Jets. It was the Jets. That was it. We did not hear anything. We heard maybe Tampa. Uh, I, 
I don't recall any other team looking for, I mean, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, but the right fit for Aaron. But, you know, let's talk about the, the suits. You watch a show called The Suits, mm-hmm. Suits or something? Yeah, Suits, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to give some flowers to, to Brian Gunkus and his staff. Um, this John Eric Sullivan, these guys that are doing the draft picks, you know, there's a lot of noise a couple years ago, you know, let's, let's get rid of Gutenkus. He's not doing the job. Let's get in. Like, why don't we take Elliot Wolf or let's try to get John Schneider from, from the Seahawks, John Dorsey, guys like that, John Dorsey, which by the way, they're all former Ted, they're all Ted Thompson people. So they're all pretty similar. I don't know that, that Ted, that that you bring in John Dorsey or John Schneider and they would have done things that differently than Brian Gutekinds. Yeah. So, uh, Ron Wolf had his tree of disciples, right? So, you know, Goot, who went to UW Lacrosse, I believe, I, I, I can't think of a GM that has hidden on more picks the last couple of years. It's unbelievable. They basically revamped the line. The Zach Tom, this Rasheed Walker, you got Musgrave, you got Kraft, you're getting bulky, you're getting bigger. Then, you know, they bombed on a couple, you know, the three wide receivers that one year. I forgot what year it was, Grant. Um, but uh, uh, Jamon Moore. 16 or 17, I thought. So Jamon Moore, MVS, and EQ. Saint, yeah. Yeah. That That's about as bad as it gets for a, a threesome there. You know, I like a good threesome, but that is so bad. That was terrible. Now let's go look at what we got now. We got Dobbs. We got Watson. We got Reed. We got Wicks. We've upgraded our tight ends. So on offense, then you go up to Jordan Love. I mean, they, we hit a home run, man. Let's let's look at it. We, 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 we won the lottery twice. This is crazy. I, I'm starting to think that way. And a month ago, I didn't feel that way, Tony. And, and, and I don't want to get it twisted with Jordan Love because there's a lot of people now who are like, oh, I want all the haters. The apology needs to be as loud as the disrespect. What you were saying back, he wasn't good in October. No part of this team was good in October, except maybe the defense and the defensive coordinator is the one guy that we're still intent on running out of town, which I might still agree with. I'm not sure. I'm trying to ride the fence there, but he wasn't good in October. And then for about a month, it's like, all right, there's, there's something here. I'm, I'm feeling good about this guy. We can win with him. And the last couple of weeks, it's like, oh, we can win because of this guy. The last three or four games completely raised the ceiling for what I thought he could be and maybe can be down the line. I feel like I've got stock in Amazon or Google or something from the beginning. Feels pretty great, like, doesn't it? And like, you just got in right away. You heard about this. Like, you know, Amazon was started by, uh, was it Bezos? He was just doing school books or books, you know, and now look at what they are. I, that's what Jordan loved. I thought, it was like in October, I was with you, man. I'm like, this dude's a game manager. He's average. He might be okay. I don't know. I didn't really have an opinion. I had nothing to go off you, of. You couldn't. It wouldn't have been fair to have a decisive opinion on Jordan Love in October because if you did any sort of research, and I'm not talking about go grind the all 22, just, you know, read a couple articles, watch a couple film breakdowns on ESPN. None of the wide receivers knew what they were doing. They're all kids. They're trying to figure it out. Tight ends are trying to figure it out. A line's trying to figure it out. You couldn't judge Jordan Love in that atmosphere. And then wouldn't you know, once the wide receivers started to put it together and the O-line kind of got organized, then we actually see a pretty good representation of who he is and, and what he can do. And he's done nothing but get better every week since things stabilized right around that Pittsburgh game. Yeah, I am obsessed with this guy right now. This Jordan Love. Oh, don't I'm I reading love him. every. I love him. I am reading everything on him. I'm going back. I, I know there's a, some Tyler Dunn fans out there, Bob McGinn fans. We're all Check done. We're all Dunheads. We love Tyler Dunn on this show. He he's on the right side of history. He is on the right side of history with this one. He has. And he has re- been for like two years, like all the way back to that 2020 draft. He loved that draft. Tyler Dunn did. Yeah, and he has facts to back him up. He has interviews. Um, 
it, it is an amazing uh, what, what what we're trans what's transpiring in front of us. Grant might be like the craziest thing ever for a quarterback in one year. It's like Kurt Warner. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's wild. It is wild what's going on here, and and now we're sitting here with a legit shot to get to the Super Bowl. I'm Can you believe that? that? No, and I'm glad that you said that, Tony. I got to move along because I got a couple other callers. I'm glad that's the perfect place to end the call, and I'm going to build on it. But in the meantime, I'm going to let you go. Okay. All right. Talk soon, Grandpa. Yeah, appreciate you. That's Tony in Texas. And you mentioned we got a shot to make the Super Bowl. I haven't looked at the odds. I, I don't know where the Packers fall. I would imagine of the eight remaining teams, they're at the bottom or near the bottom, right? I'd say the Bills, the Chiefs, all have better odds, the Niners, uh, I mean, even the Lions. So the the Packers are near the bottom with Super Bowl odds, but I'm glad that Tony mentioned that at the end of his call, and we talked a little bit about this last night, but, you know, we might might never come this way again. That's a Fleetwood Mac song, right? We might never come. Who sang that? Can't remember. We might never, who knows? Right, with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, their rookie year in 2016, the Packers got him in the playoffs that year. And I remember every Cowboy fan, and I didn't necessarily disagree at the time, every Cowboy fan was like, we are set up so well for the future. Got this young quarterback, this young stud running back. Like, we're set up. And I kind of thought they were too, and they never got further than that. They never got further than the divisional round. They never made it past the wild card round for most of the last couple of seasons. So you just never know. It's really easy to say we're playing with house money. You know, we're just here to to get as far as we can. We're just getting started. We're a year early. Yeah, Packers didn't expect to be here, but you're here. So take advantage of it. Make the most of it. And Packers fans, don't let this get lost on you. Don't don't lose appreciation for how far this Packers team has gone and, and what could happen if they're able to scrape out a win on Saturday night by hook or by crook. They'll be in the final four with a chance to go to the freaking Super Bowl with me and Bill Michaels. We'll be headed there. So the Packers just meet us there. I'm holding up my end of the bargain. I'm going to be there. Packers should be able to figure it out. So I'm glad Tony mentioned that at the end. It is a pipe dream, but it's not impossible. And I don't want Packers fans to feel like it's impossible. I don't want the players. And From everything I've read and quotes for the players, they're all thinking the same thing and the right thing. You don't let an opportunity like this go to waste by not taking it seriously. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Denny from Holman. Denny from Holman. Denny, how are you this evening? Good. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. This team, I just love, you know, Tony was saying he's obsessed with Jordan Love. I I, I was talking to a, a guest trying to set someone up for the next couple of weeks, and he's a Giants fan, covers the Giants. He's like, you got to love this guy. team right now. I know, poor guy. And I'm like, I, they're perfect. I love them all. They're perfect. I never want this to change. I, I love this team. I absolutely love them, every single one of them. Right. I I. I wanted to comment about Tuba last night. That was a poor, poor play game by Wisconsin. Uh, 13 turnovers the last two games, you know. That's just not Wisconsin basketball. And they were so much quicker than Wisconsin, and we play that stupid zone we play all the time instead of playing man-to-man where we could have maybe kept up with them instead of giving those three guys all those shots. Yeah, I mean, it was very, very disgusting. Yeah. So I agree with you with the fire. You know, when you talk about the guard gauge and stuff, it's mm-hmm. like, I know he's been here nine years and he's got two championships or big tens. Yeah, but I mean, I, you know, you always wonder when Marquette goes out and gets a coach, who do they get? Right. Cl- I mean, a clown. If you ask me, Duke. 
they got a guy from Duke, right? Mm-hmm. And then they also got from Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. From you know, and it's just amazing how this guy's getting, you know, oh, Marquette from, or, to play from, from Oregon, Wisconsin. Yeah, okay. I, I, now right, I, now right. I know what you mean. I was like, I think yeah, Dana Altman right. was coaching. Or I know what you mean, though, yeah. Shaka Smart was at Texas. Right. I don't remember exactly where he was before Marquette. I don't really care. I don't take him seriously, respectfully, to Marquette fans. Right, right. No, I hear you. But And I wanted to say, too, that uh, I believe this weekend that if we can start out strong and not get behind the ball, and give them the momentum to go and run McCaffrey and open up. If we can, if we can uh, go at four guys and put enough pressure on them, and Barry's defense does enough different stunts like he did against the Cowboys, I think that's a very, very good chance that we can we can go down there and upset the 49ers, even with the 10 point uh, spread. So I don't know what Joe Barry said in his media availability today. We'll probably hear a little bit of that uh, during the Bill Michaels huddle tonight. And I bet Mike Clemens will share a little bit of that with us. But I think Joe Barry's just at the point now where he's like, well, I might not keep my job. Uh, we're all playing with house money. The whole team's playing with house money. Might as well try some things, right? Might, might as well throw some things into the mix. Why not? Let's give this a try. Let's try this pressure. Let's try this look. Why not? And I think going into a game against Brock Purdy, I mean, this is, other than the game against the Eagles, which he was hurt very quickly, this is the biggest game of Brock Purdy's career, right? They're the one right. seed this year. They got everything in front of them. And if you can confuse him and make him uncomfortable early, right? We've seen that this Packers team, if they can get a lead, really how successful they could be. Joe Barry's going to be a big part of that. Definitely, definitely. And when you talk to Mike tonight, too, can you maybe bring up and see what he says about the special teams? Is that going to be a big factor in the game? I would imagine it was the last time we played the Niners. Denny, I appreciate you. Rich Bisacci today said he's he's done answering questions about Anders Carlson missed kicks, which is <laughs> which is which is funny. Um this is really funny. It's like if you were a doctor and you just came into work one day, you're like, I'm done seeing patients. Don't ask me to see patients, I won't do it. It's like, well, that's kind of that's kind of why you're here though. You know. Special teams coordinator. I'm not going to answer questions about my kicker missing kicks. Well, that's a hold on though. That's kind of a kind of a big part of what you do here. It's work with the kicker, especially the rookie, right? I would imagine that Rich Passaccia had, if not a lot of say, at least some say in the drafting of Anders Carlson. Like I would imagine the scouting department sat down with Rich and said, "All right, we're looking at some kickers. Try to make one of these guys the next kicker." We'll let go of Mason Crosby. What do you think of these guys and the traits? And I'd imagine Rich Passaccia had some input. I don't know how much. Probably couldn't Probably couldn't make the draft pick himself, but I would imagine he was com- confident in that player to a certain degree. The, the thing that frustrates me more, I'll live with the ups and downs of a rookie kicker, knock on wood, and really hope it doesn't burn him in a big playoff game this weekend. But I, the thing that frustrates me more is kickoffs. Kick it through the damn end zone. Let's stop trying to get cute because one of these days, one of these weeks, you're going to give up a kickoff return for a touchdown. And it's like, well, well why did you do that? Because you wanted to save three or four yards by tackling a returner short of the 25? Mm. I just don't like that. I don't think it's good strategy. I, I think the, the risk is far greater than the reward. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Hector, not in Alaska. Hector. It's been a little while, man. What do you think? What's going on? 
Well, I figured I would give a call, you know, both of uh, both of the teams that I will be watching this weekend play on Saturday, which is my day off. So that's right. That is uh, that's perfect. So Hector Hector's a Ravens fan. So you, well, let, me, let me ask you this, Hector. Let me pick your brain a little bit. You have watched your team in 2019 be the one seed and win all the games and rest a little bit at the end of the year and then have a first round bye and then kind of stink it up. That was the year they lost to the Titans. What happened that year? What, what, what do the Packers have to hope happens to the Niners here? Like what went wrong for the Ravens? And, and tell me, convince me that the Niners might do that. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens got complacent. They got cocky and thought they had it in the bag. You know, we were young. We had all the confidence in the world. And I think the defense, I mean, the offense itself, they did, you know, what I expected them to do against the Titans. But there was no reason that Ryan Tannehill had the success that he had against us. There's no reason that you know the ball is going to Derrick Henry 78% of the snaps. Sure. And you let him, you know, you meet him three yards past the line of scrimmage. It's the the basic stuff that kind of just seems to slip through the cracks for some reason in the big moments. I was, I, I, I issue an apology because I was a big doubter this weekend and I did not expect I was more surprised than anything uh, that the Packers won the way that they did. And the defense did it too. Um, yeah, that's, I think they have, I, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even uh, pulling from, you know, not a deep cut or anything like that, but I think they might have a shot if the, if they play the way that they did this past week against the Cowboys, um, they remind me of the year the Ravens were in the wild card and came through to finish Ray Lewis's career on the best note that they could, you know? Interesting. So I, I don't know. I think this game, this story is going to be told on Saturday night by which quarterback is made uncomfortable and can't really deal with it. Right. So I think the Niners are going to make Jordan love uncomfortable, probably on a level that he hasn't been in a couple weeks. Right. right, probably since early in the season. Now, Jordan Love learned how to deal with pressure. And I think he's a lot better quarterback against the Blitz and under duress. And I think he's improved there. But the Packers need to make Brock Purdy uncomfortable on the same level or on a higher level that Jordan Love is. Because I and Devontae Wyatt said this in in his press conference today when he's meeting with the media. He's like, "Look, if we can make Brock Purdy uncomfortable." We can get them to miss throws and miss reads. And I think that's that's the key is this defensive front, this pass rush. And the Ravens would know all about that. You guys knew how to get back, get after a quarterback, right, on all those right. best teams. The Packers going to have to do the same thing. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's a different kind of a – it's a different example. But we did see Brock Purdy when he was unable to throw the ball. Of course, it was due to his injury last year in the playoffs. But he was unable to throw the ball, and if you take that facet of his game out, I mean, he has a lot of weapons, but when you look at the numbers, it's all yak. So if you play him tight and make him rush, I think it's that offense is a little has more holes in it than than there should be at that level. But I think if Joe Barry does Joe Barry stuff like he did earlier in the season, you could get torched. So. 
God. It'll be interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a nice Saturday for me, but uh, a, a part of me is worried for both of the teams because I hate the first round bye. I I, I yeah. pray for a second, a number two seed, honestly. Honestly, it's, year, it's, so. it's a blessing and a curse. And then Hector and I appreciate the call, but you know, the other side of the coin is the Cowboys. I, I watch a lot of uh, first things first, Kevin Wilds, Chris Broussard, Nick Wright. It's like one of the television shows, the sports television shows that I actually like. I don't think it's just a complete total waste. And it's only an hour and a half long, which I, there's a lesson to be learned there. Like when you force Mike Greenberg to fill two plus hours on get up, it's like, guess what? There's not actually that much to say. It's, it's not actually, if you want all the content to be good, you can't ask someone to make three or four hours of content, at least on television. So lesson learned there. Sometimes a shorter show is better. But last week going into Packers Cowboys, there's so much confidence in the Cowboys. And Nick Wright said this is better than a buy because this is going to give the Cowboys an opportunity to stay fresh and build momentum and play. Okay, well, that's great. But there's also a risk of losing. And I think you take the first round by every time because you get a, a free win, basically. You automatically advance. Um but it can do weird things to teams. We saw it with the Ravens a couple years ago when they lost to Tannehill and Derrick Henry. And I, I don't know. We'll see with the Niners. Maybe they come out flat. I also think Kyle Shanahan's just done this so many times. His teams never lack confidence. They never lack physicality. So I think Kyle Shanahan has all the traits and his teams have all the traits of a team that could handle a first round by without too much problem. But Packers fans are going to join arms, form a prayer circle, and just hope that there's a little bit of rust. Just a little bit. Throw us a little bone. Niners. Just throw us a little bit of a bone. Kyle Shanahan. Let's take a break. Three minutes and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, just thinking about that call we got from Tony in Texas about 10 minutes ago. And Tony's like, I love this Jordan Love guy. I'm watching every highlight video. I'm watching, like, I just love this team. How did we, how did we do this? How did we pull this off? How did we get this lucky again? Right, Packers fans, we're beside ourselves. And I laughed when I watched Matt LaFleur's press conference this afternoon because I think part of Matt LaFleur is surprised too. You go back and you watch his presser. Sunday night, he's like, yeah, Jordan Love, I <laughs> where'd even start? Like, it seemed like he was surprised that Love played that well. And then today he was asked about Jordan Love again. I'm going to play you this answer, and then I'm going to play you a small little excerpt from this answer because it's cool to just hear our coach wax poetic about how good the quarterback's playing. Don't get me wrong. But then there's also like a 10-second clip in here that is really illustrative. So I want to play you the full version first. Here's Matt LaFleur talking about his quarterback. This is earlier this afternoon. I, I thought he played in a really, really good football game. Um, it's never going to be perfect. There's going to be little details here and there where, you know, um, whether it's hanging in the pocket, some decisions. But I'll tell you what, the guy made some massive plays in that game that kind of go off script so to speak. And to me, that's where you see so much value in him. Uh, Obviously, I talked a long time about cover zero check he had. I thought a critical play in the game was the keeper that we ran to the left side. It kind of got messed up on the front side and he hit Tucker on a third and one. There were so many great plays 
the fourth down throw to, to Romeo uh, in that game. So, again, I'm, I'm probably, a, we're a little bit harder on, on everybody, so it's never going to be perfect, even if it is a perfect passer rating. But um, he played, he definitely played winning football, and that's, all, that's what you're looking for from your quarterback. So I think he played winning football really going back to, like, the Pittsburgh game. There were a lot of games before this team got really hot and before it actually started to look like they were going to make the playoffs and then win a playoff game. God forbid, imagine telling yourself that in October. There were games where, like, we win with this guy. He can run the offense. He can execute Matt LaFleur's plays. He can get the ball to the playmakers. Like, we can win with this guy. And then the last couple weeks, it's like, oh, oh, we can win because of him. And I think that's even been a little bit of a surprise to Matt LaFleur. This is the the 10 second clip in the middle of that answer that I think really illustrates that. I'll tell you what, the guy made some massive plays in that game that kind of go off script, so to speak. And to me, that's where you see so much value in him. I don't think Matt LaFleur saw that coming from Jordan Love. I think Matt LaFleur is like the rest of us. It's like, we can win with this guy. He can run the offense. He can hit his checks. He can, you know, get in and out of plays and coverages and protections at the line of scrimmage. But then the last couple of weeks, you just see more and more and more really good throws, arm talent throws, off off platform, right, out of script throws. Like that fourth down throw to Dobbs in the end zone was ridiculous. It was stupid. And just listening to what Matt LaFleur's had to say, I, I don't think, just like the rest of us, I don't think Matt LaFleur thought that Jordan Love had that in him. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Ed McGuanago, hey, we heard from Ed Madison earlier and he said he sounded very great. His voice sounded very low. So I thought maybe it's good to hear from both Ed's in one show. This is a treat. Oh, good. I, I hope my voice is low too. I don't sound uh, like high pitched or anything. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Um, hey, so you're talking about um, Jordan Love and his ability to, to kind of make better throws than that. Um, I, I agree, but kind of what LaFleur was saying is the perfect passer rating, but not all perfect passes, right? And some of them were. Some of them were lasers. They are incredible. But what I think the bigger difference is, is the receivers are, are doing their job better, making better adjustments in the air to come up with some of these catches. So you kind of talked about in the beginning of the season, the wide receivers are just young kids, and they kind of didn't know what they were doing out there. And it was a combination of both of those things where Love would throw some that were, they were just bad. But then he would throw them and the receivers just weren't in the right place or they didn't come down with it. You know, and so now I think they're all kind of gelling and the receivers are as much to give credit to, I think, as Love as well. Yes. Because they're going to come down with some really tough catches. Because some of them were behind, some of them were a little high, but they're making the grabs now too. And I think... I'm glad that these wide receivers and Jordan Love kind of matured together, right? I'm I'm glad that these wide receivers weren't like, come on, we need Jordan to get us the ball. Or Jordan Love looked great, but he's like, man, I just need to get these wide receivers going. It's nice that they figured it out together and came of age together because I think that makes for a more cohesive unit. I think the vibes are better. One side wasn't waiting for the other to catch up. They did it kind of at the same time, which looked ugly in October, but I think the results since then speak for themselves. And they, they grow that confidence together too. Yes. Yes. Do you think that do you think that Jordan Love has benefited more lately from 
Aaron Jones's play or that Aaron Jones is benefiting more from Jordan Love's play? Interesting. I think both are benefiting from a really, really effective use of play action. Like if you look, Jordan Love is under center a lot on first and second down. And I think that helps Aaron Jones a lot. I think that helps Jordan Love a lot. So I'll, I'll actually say neither. I'll say Aaron Jones and Jordan Love are both benefiting from under center play action based offense on early downs that we didn't really see last year because Rodgers was in the shotgun a lot more. So I think they're both benefiting from a similar change this year. And that started with Matt LaFleur and the way the plays were going to be called and ran. I like that. Uh, uh, last week, I was going to ask you who is, if you had to pick one receiver, who is it going to be, you know, for over a hundred yards? I, I personally wouldn't, nothing against uh, Romeo Dobbs, but he would have been like fourth on my list, man. Yeah. And he wanted to have five, five grabs for 144 yards. Dude, I almost had 150 yards. I would have never seen that coming. So who do you got this week? Oh, oh, Lord. Would it be wild to say Watson? Would it just be unhinged to say Christian Watson? Ed, I want to say Christian Watson. That's what I'm saying, too. I think he gets a couple of deep balls, and I think he just he goes off. And, and, and if he doesn't, then it's the same script as last week that you got two or three guys that got to cover him, and everybody else is open. I also think that you know Jaden so. Reed's yeah. Jaden Reed's been too good to be completely shut out two straight weeks. Yeah, so I think yeah. that'll be something. Maybe we'll have two or three receivers with the hundred yards. Oh God, I'm gonna get a lot of Kool Aid this week, Grant. A lot. Yeah, my tummy's pretty full. Yeah, we're we're going a little nuts. But if, if we're not gonna go nuts on a week like this week, I, I don't know when we ever would. So I'm enjoying it. Fun. Be optimistic. Be hopeful. Be positive. Enjoy the ride. Hell yeah! Appreciate you, Ed. Thanks for the call. All right, later. Ed in McGuanago, long time. I like that he's establishing himself just a little bit. I, I like what Ed said. You know, and I, well, I guess he didn't say it. We, we, the conversation that we had, the point about the wide receivers and the quarterback coming of age at the same time. It's almost like if you were to be in a band with all of the, the people that you like took piano lessons with back in the day. You know what I mean? Like we learned how to play music together. It's not like, you know, a traveling Wilbury situation where you had Jeff Lynn came from ELO. And now I shouldn't have used this example if I wasn't instantly ready to give the background of all the musicians, but they all had their own thing, right? Bob Dylan, Jeff Lynn, Tom Petty, they all had their own thing. And then they came together after being established for a while. And that was great. That was cool. But I think you really get a genuine, really unique product when a bunch of musicians kind of learn how to be in a band together. So they have their own thing. And I think the same is true of these wide receivers and Jordan Love. It would have been uncomfortable if Jordan Love was like, these wide receivers suck, they need to get on my level. Or if the wide receivers are like, this quarterback needs to get us the ball. Right? They they figured it out together, and they're making beautiful, unique music because of it. Instead of playing songs, they're just throwing for a lot of touchdowns, putting up a lot of points. They put 50 points on the Cowboys. I mean, not actually, but very close to 50 points on the Cowboys. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Ridge Runner, Mark. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, Ridge Runner. How are you this evening? Bliss Road, is that is that good and clear, or has that been a little bit of a hazard this week? Uh, I'm heading up it as we speak, and it's, uh, they pretty much went over it with a toothbrush, so we're good. Okay. It's been okay. okay. Good. I just want to make sure you're safe, that's all. What do you think tonight? Uh, yeah. uh, so, I was going to talk about a couple of things you brought up earlier, but then you started, you, you played Matt LaFleur's uh, presser. Yeah. And I... I want to point something out that's interesting a lot of people uh were talking about how and even nick bosa kind of said it where you know rogers is really good at doing stuff off script but 
Air, uh, you know, Jordan tends to play the it tends to play how he's coached. But then today, Matt Lafleur said, "Hey, Jordan had some really good off-scripted plays that were game changers or, or really kind of showed his progression." I think the Achilles' heel, and just to say it a different way for Rodgers now is, he thinks every play needs to be off-script and perfect. He didn't trust Lafleur's system enough to just do it all the time. He, there were moments. There were moments when he would say, "Hey, Lafleur called a great game," or "This was a perfect." Uh, play call from LaFleur. He tried to rely too much on the magic of my arm and my skill set versus Jordan Love, who's like, I'm going to trust this system, but I know that I have in my back pocket, I can do stuff off script. So there's that balance that I think Rodgers has gone too far to the other end than Jordan Love is right now. Well, why everything. Yeah, and I think Rodgers, that worked really well in 2014 because he had Jordy, and those two were so plugged into each other, you you couldn't defend it. And then Devontae Adams later on in in his second kind of MVP stanza of his career in 19 and in 20 or 20, 20, 21, I guess, depending on how you look at it. When you're a little older and you can't get by on your arm strength and your athleticism, and on top of that, you don't have a wide receiver that you like fully 100% trust to kind of have an unspoken right. thing so you can improvise together. That's really tough. Right. And I, and I like, and part of that is the roster no longer fit Aaron Rodgers anymore. And, and that's part of the reason why I think it made right. sense for him and the Packers to move on. But, but I wish there sure. were sometimes where Rodgers over the course of his career, and I say this all the time, he made football harder than it needed to be. Dude, just do the easy thing. Just throw it to the guy yeah. that's wide open six yards down the field. And if it ends at a seven yard play instead of a 70 yard touchdown bomb, that's fine. That's fine. Go watch, Bra- go watch Brady's highlights in the playoffs. It's a lot of dinking and dunking. Yep. Get the first down. Get yeah. the first down. Yeah. Um, talking about the Cowboys game, it was oddly symbolic and kind of like kismet. Uh, I remember <laughs> in 2010, right before the Atlanta playoff game where we blew the doors off of them, I, uh, I was walking into the bar at Alpine going, you know, I really, it would be really cool if we just had a blowout win. Uh, I'm too much stressed. I'd like to see a blowout win. I kind of was saying that. I said, man, I don't want it to be close. I want it to blow them out. And we blew the doors off of them. And so it's kind of like a weird kind of uh, repeat of history. Maybe, fingers crossed. Um, Which means this next game is going to be a nail-biter like the championship game was against the Bears. Um, But hopefully we pull it out. And uh, But, uh, yeah, I was... That was uh, that was kind of kind of neat to watch and just be a part of and just enjoy the heck out of. Oh, we don't really have to worry. We're just going to win this game, and that's really nice to enjoy and watch. Vibes were pretty high at Alpine. I take it. I didn't go to Alpine because I'm ridiculously sick, oh. and uh, I got oh. and I'm like I ain't spreading this gunk. Uh, I'm going to work because I'm stupid, but <laughs> I wasn't going to go to a bar hey, because because uh, you're an American and you you provide. That's what you do, Ridge Runner Mark. I respect that. Oh, yeah. I do All want right. to say about Basaccia not wanting to talk about the kicker missing kicks. Yeah. I think that gamemanship on his part, getting into the mind of his kicker. Because, you know, that game is about like golf or a lot of it's mental. And he's like, I'm going to say this out loud to the ether because I've already told my kicker. I ain't talking about this because I have – because basically he's saying, I have faith in him. He's going he's gonna to win for him. And just to kind of like build him up, without saying it to him directly, sometimes it's more powerful because he's not just saying it to his face because, oh, he's supposed to tell me that I'm fine. No, he's telling everyone, and he's putting it on record. The kicker's fine. I don't need to talk about it. 
And maybe that's going to help Anders just build it up and just like be that. focused. I like yeah. that a lot. I like that a lot, Ridge Runner Mark. I'm going to stew on that. I'm actually going to go find that Rich Passaccia audio over this break. I got to take a break. I appreciate you. Drive safely up the bluff, okay? Giddy up. Talk later, man. Giddy Bye. up. Ridge Runner Mark. Find him at Alpine. God, that would have been an electric place to watch the game. Alpine in the summer, and nothing against Alpine in the winter. Alpine in the summer is uh, just about as elite of a bar as you will find. Get the windows open out on the back patio, looking down into the woods, maybe a sand volleyball game going on. Cheers to you, Ridge Runner Mark. I'm going to find this comment from Rich Pisacci because I think there might be something to what Ridge Runner Mark just said. Five minutes and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you listening. Bill Michaels Huddle coming up in about 10 minutes. Mike Clemens. Join us to break down the Dallas game, what coaches and players had to say. A lot of coordinators, a lot of players speaking to the media. So a lot of good quotes today on Twitter. I'm excited to hear from Mike. He'll be on the huddle at 630. We'll make our picks in hour number two. Rob Reichel was on the Bill Michael show earlier today. Rock and Rob, awesome friend of, of this show, Bill's show, the morning show. He's an awesome friend of the network. So we might hear some of that interview as well, probably around seven o'clock. Right before we took that last break, if you're just tuning in, Ridge Runner Mark made an awesome point because I mentioned Rich Bisaccia spoke to the media and I, I just read tweets. I didn't watch any of it. I didn't hear any of it, but he did not seem I'm not talking about Andres Carlson misses. I'm not going to do it. Don't waste my time, which I, I saw that. I'm like, well, that's kind of I mean, what else are you going to talk about? You're the special teams coordinator. And Ridge Runner Mark said, well, I, I think that's a little gamesmanship. The more you talk about it, the bigger thing it is. The bigger thing it is, now there's, it's like golf or baseball. It's very mental for the kicker, right? And I thought Ridge Runner Mark was maybe reaching a little bit, but I went back and I watched over that last commercial break. I watched the first two minutes of Rich Bisaccia's presser. And I think Mark is, I think Mark is right. I think Rich Bisaccia is alphaing all these Packers reporters. Listen to this. I'm going to play you about the first minute or so. I don't know how to ask you another Anders Carlson missed kick question. Um, yeah. I guess at the sideline at the time, um, like, what's your message to him? Do you have to go, uh, I don't know, pep talk? I guess, how does that... No, I'm getting ready, for the, getting ready for the kickoff. So, that's what we would do next. So, Miss PAT, we're getting ready for the kickoff. That's really it. Rich, what has it told you about him that, despite the numbers... Say it a little louder, please. What is- First of all, I know we've talked about being an alpha a lot. That's... Speak up, please. <laughs> To Jason Wilde. <laughs> oh, that's good but stuff. I told you about him that despite the number of misses, which are not astronomical, but that he has not missed back-to-back kicks all year. You know, we're, we're on to the next game in San Francisco. And whatever happened in the last game happened, and we've looked at it, and we've hopefully corrected it, and we're moving forward. So any questions about the 49er game would be great. Doesn't that give you confidence that he does Yeah, a tremendous amount of confidence and honors, as well as our punter, as well as our snapper, as well as the guys that line up on the punt team and the kickoff team and kickoff return team and on and on and on. Or else they wouldn't be playing. I think Rich Mark is right. I think Rich Pisacci is straight up elfing these reporters out of asking about it. You can't, as a special teams coordinator, come on, you can't pull the we're on to San Francisco. Man, you're the special teams coordinator. Right, Matt LaFleur can do that. Bill Belichick can do that. The head coach can pull the we're on to San Francisco. The special team. 
you can't you can't play that card. But he is. And the beer part, they're letting him get away with it. Any questions about San Francisco? What oh, what, Rich? Are we supposed to ask about now? What are they now? San Francisco, the kickoff coverage, do they do anything unique? Who even cares? No one cares. No one's gonna ask about that. That rips. Good good on Rich Bisaccia. Resounding vote of confidence in all my guys. Uh, and in Anders Carlson. That rips. And I think Ridge Runner Mark was right. All right, go ahead, time for one more call and then we'll take a break. 608 321 1670. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Josh from Menominee. Josh, hey, what's up? How's Menominee? Hey, man. Hey, pretty good. Long time no, uh, no talk. I was going to say, you said it, not me, but I was thinking it. It's been a <laughs> while. I was wondering something happened up in Menominee, fell into the river, or Green Lake or something, never pulled you out. No, I've just been listening a lot, especially since you moved to Madison. I haven't, I haven't called down. I had to look up the new number. Well, I'm sorry to put you through that, but I'm happy to have you back now. This is nice. Yeah, man. Um, hey, I just wanted to comment a little bit how you started and then the Bill Michaels show you guys were talking about um, love contract and you yeah. know, what would you pay for them. And um, I'm kind of sick of everybody talking about, uh, you know, the early season about, you know, he didn't look good. He couldn't play like he was terrible. And it's like, I think you've pointed out all the reasons why, you know, like Malifor didn't know how to game plan for him. The wide receivers were young. They got together. They got it. You know, so like, why would that factor in to his contract? You know, I think he's had it or he showed glimpse of it of it early, and you know, and and you're seeing it kind of uh, peak right now. Like, I you know, pay the guy. And you guys were talking on Bill Michaels. You know, I'd put him kind of right around that Joe Burrow contract. I think you guys mentioned about 29. You know, and with a lot of just the dead camp and that all that stuff coming off, I think that would put you know them in a pretty good spot moving forward. Yeah, I don't think this contract is going to hurt the Packers too much. They don't really have anyone else that they need to pay. They just paid Gary, but it's a super young team, and I I don't know. We've revised history a little bit, Josh, to go back and, and well, the Packers couldn't do anything. They couldn't, they couldn't compete because of Rodgers' contract. Well, Rodgers' contract made it harder, but in his two Super Bowl years, they had an amazing shot at the Super Bowl, a great shot at the Super Bowl, and they just didn't get it done. Um, so I I don't know. You can't live or die with a quarterback on a rookie deal every single time. Like you do, if you have a good quarterback, it's very possible to win with a good quarterback. Um, I'm I'm not too worried. And that's the thing too. Everybody's like, well, he's not Rogers. He's not Rogers. It's like, well, what did Rogers do? You know, like choke in the playoffs. Like we need a guy who's a team leader, guys that want to play for him. He's going to inspire people. And I see that more in love than I ever did in Rogers. So it's like, I think we got the right guy. You know, and, you know, Rodgers and, you know, Peyton Manning were both the same kind of guys. It's like you're going to win in the regular season, but when it gets tight, you know, it's like those guys just didn't inspire all that much, you know, and God, these guys want to play hard for love, and it's exciting. I'm excited about this game. Drinking a lot of Kool-Aid this week, Josh. I'm I'm letting yeah. my mind go places. I'm feeling like a kid again, deep down. <laughs> this team's doing things to me. And, and, and I know you're uh, I know you're up against it, you know. But I I am. I I think we got a chip in a chair on Saturday, and uh, I didn't think that until I saw what they did to the Cowboys. And um, I think you're right on the money about you know you you have to strike while the iron's hot right now. It's like there's so many examples of teams like oh we'll be back next year and they never get back. And the one that I just was shaking my head at, you know, quite a while ago is when they sat uh, Steven Strasburg down. They're like, oh, this guy's, you know, young. Yep. The, you know, Nationals will be in the World Series like seven times in the future. And, you know, they never made it with him. And they shut him down at the end of the year. I remember that. It's like, man, you got to go for it. You're there. You know, hit. Let's go. 
Yeah, I just, I don't want this to be lost on Packers fans because we think that the best is yet to come. And I hope the best is yet to come. I hope we have another great 10 or however many years with another great quarterback. But you just, you never know. This team's cooking right now. I I want them to win and and get all that they can get while they're here. I appreciate you, Josh. I got to run. Hey, you bet. Thanks, Grant. You got it, Josh in Menominee. It has been a while. I appreciate that, Josh. Nice to hear from you. All right, three-minute break. We'll wrap things up. Turn things over to the Bill Michaels Huddle next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Last 30 seconds, Bill Michaels huddle coming up after this show, the Wisco Sports Show, which is what I was trying to say. We'll have Mike Clemens in about a half hour. He'll join us at 6.30. A lot of audio, good commentary from coaches and players up in Green Bay today. We'll preview the games of the division round, make our picks around 7.30. I will be back tomorrow. No callers tomorrow. I promise a rich and fulfilling two hours of content. I will toil away preparing. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4. Thanks for listening, always. Comment.